0: Another bombshell in the Spygate scandal, perhaps the biggest bombshell yet. Hillary Clinton literally spied on Trump in Trump Tower. Hillary Clinton, he, she paid people off to spy on Trump even after he was in the White House. This makes, this scandal makes Watergate look like a pickpocket. Trump was wiretapped. As he told us so many years ago, when he first became president, he said they wiretapped me in Trump Tower. And they laughed at him and the media made fun of him and mocked him. He's paranoid. What's he making stuff up? Now we know, thanks to John Durham, that they tapped into his internet servers. I mean, this is surreal. And by the way, if you listen to this show, you have known this for about Four years, all the details about the latest revelations in Spygate coming up. Ocasio-Cortez says the reason that people are shoplifting is because the child tax credit expired. Let's follow the logic. Why are people shoplifting? Why are people stealing things from stores, these smash and grabs? Well, it's because what they're stealing baby formula. Well, why are they stealing baby formula? Ocasio says... Because the expanded child tax credit expired because we used to pay them thousands of dollars for each child. But then the government stopped those payments, the child tax credit, which Biden and Ocasio and the Democrats have are frantically trying to restore. So Ocasio says people are stealing baby formula. Well, why? Because the child tax credit expired. I mean, it's absurd on so many levels, obviously, what Ocasio is saying. They're stealing baby formula. What about all the other stuff they're stealing? What about all the jewelry? But here's the thing. People are kind of missing the point about Ocasio, the real point over here, which is what does she think about what she's saying? People are stealing because the government stopped sending them money. They, The government stopped the checks. So now people are stealing. And this is what the leftists always say, the radicals like Ocasio and even the moderate Democrats who are not moderate. They say, well, of course people are stealing. Well, we made them steal. It's our fault because they're addicted to government programs. We've been giving them all this free stuff. And then you stop sending them money. Well, what would you expect them to work? You expect them to earn their money? So we're the ones who created this. that That's exactly what the government, what the Democrats are trying to accomplish and succeeding, which is let's get the entire country addicted to, To all the things we're giving them. Let's get them dependent on all these, reliant on all these programs. And then if the program gets taken away because the evil Republicans don't want to keep borrowing trillions of dollars, well, then what happens? Then they're going to steal and people are stealing. Why are they stealing? Because the government stopped giving them all the free stuff. So we have to, we, we need socialism. We need universal basic income. We need to keep just giving child tax credits and all sorts of other. Uh, tax benefits and all, not just tax benefits—all all, you know, all sorts of other free stuff. So think about what she's—she's she's not even hiding it. I, you know, I mean, literally, this is nuts. Where uh, and it, so so, what do we respond to Ocasio, We say, "Oh, come on, what's she talking about? Baby formula—they've been stealing baby formula for years." And oh, you know, she's wrong. They're stealing other stuff, not just—that's all true. But that's not the point. We're falling into her trap. We're getting sucked into her trap. Her entire premise is very, very dangerous, which is she's justifying it. Well, they have a right to steal. Well, why do they have a right to steal? Because the government isn't giving them enough money. So uh, what do you expect? So in other words, it's okay if they steal. In other words, they're supposed to steal. In other words, the government has basically taught them to steal by saying, hey, we're going to give you free checks, free checks, free checks, and then, oh, we're going to pull away your free checks. And now you see how great socialism is because now they're stealing, and it's our fault. Now, in addition to that, Ocasio's comments are totally, patently nuts and absurd. They don't just steal baby formula. They steal clothing. They steal electronics. They steal jewelry. There are literally, in in malls across America, there are surveillance videos, security footage of these smash and grabs of people going. And just in regular pharmacies, uh, uh, Dwayne Reed's and other pharmacies around Walgreens, around New York City, San Francisco, they are closing down because they can't afford to stay in business because they're losing so much money because of all the theft. So what does it have to do with baby formula? What does it have to do with the tax credit? Nothing. You're telling me people are stealing stereos and they're stealing fancy jewelry because they're not getting the t- child tax credit. In addition, Ocasio ignored the fact there has been a huge black market for baby formula for stolen baby formula for many, many years. People have been stealing it for a very long time. And by the way, this is one of the most ridiculous statements that Ocasio has ever made that they're stealing because of the child tax credit expiring. There's a long list. I have a long list of absurd statements by Ocasio, but this one maybe takes the cake, which is saying a lot. And, you know, well, Hedy, what do you want? I mean, we're, you know, we're, we need to reward them. They're stealing because of us, because we're not giving them free checks. So, This is literally how Democrats think, and then, you know, they say, "Listen, you can't end the program." Well, why not? Because then people are going to steal. Well, but is she crazy? She's this. No, 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 no. Don't get sucked in. Don't fall into the trap. There is no justification. You're not allowed to steal even when the government stops sending you a a free check. Now, the other thing that bothers me, as I always say, it's not a it's not a tax credit. It is so so. uh, it, it, It is it's such a misnomer to call this a child. Tax credit. It is such a complete mischaracterization. A tax credit. Let me explain. Tax credit means that you paid taxes or you earned money. You're supposed to pay, let's say, a thousand dollars in taxes, but they give you a five hundred dollar tax credit, so you only pay five hundred dollars. Let's say you know a person earns, I don't know, thirty thousand dollars, and they owe a thousand dollars of that money. Just an example, random example, uh, in, to, to 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 the federal government for tax taxes and the, and that you get a $500 tax credit so instead of paying the 1000 you're only going to pay the $500 that's a tax credit if you don't pay any taxes let's say you don't earn enough money to pay taxes well then you didn't pay any taxes to begin with how can you ha- well the government's going to hand you a check well but i didn't pay taxes a tax credit means i was supposed to pay the tax but because i got the tax credit now the government forgave that amount i don't have to pay that it's t- it's a tax that you were supposed to pay that you don't need to pay the problem is the child tax credit is given to families that don't pay any taxes. There's millions, literally millions of families, who don't earn enough. They're below the poverty level. They, they, they don't earn enough to pay a dime in taxes, and yet we're sending them a thousand, eighteen hundred dollar checks, whatever the amount is, in uh, child tax credit checks or more per child, whatever. You know that that amount that Biden added and expanded to, so it's like thousands and thousands of dollars we are handing them. Well, where's that money coming from? It's coming from Warren Buffett. It's coming from Elon Musk. It's coming from Jeff Bezos. It's coming from you and me, a- anyone who actually pays taxes. So that's not a child tax credit where you're actually handing them money for free that they weren't supposed to get. They weren't supposed to pay to the government in the first place. To call it welfare that's it's like food stamps it's it's free money it's it's call it universal basic income for having a child but it's not a tax credit it's a welfare program but of course they don't label it that because you know that sounds much more socialist someone made the following point (laughs) democrats they will not let you take ivermectin to treat covid but they have no problem giving out free crack pipes to drug addicts i mean you've got to love science you cannot make this up great point they, they 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 ivermectin. They call that a horse dewormer. They made fun of people. You know, there's a lot of people. And look, I do not give medical advice. Don't take my advice. But I, I know of a lot of people who took ivermectin. Ivermectin appears to be a pretty safe drug. It is used on humans. It's not just used on animals. That was a fake narrative by the FDA. It was egregious. Even Dr. Sanjay Gupta, the CNN doctor, you know, speaking with Joe Rogan, admitted that it was totally uh, uh, inappropriate and false for the FDA to say don't take ivermectin because it's a horse medicine. There's a horse version and a human version, and people were taking the human version. And I know people who claim that it works, and I know people who say there are studies that it works. Again, I'm not suggesting you take it, but like for the government to somehow be against it, it just makes zero sense to me. But um, but when it comes to crack pipes, when it comes to giving out paraphernalia to help drug addicts smoke drugs, that, that, the, that the Democrats are okay with. You, you can't make— this stuff up, and that was a true story. You know, some people have said Snopes, they said that it was debunked, that it was fact checked. It's not true. The story was accurate. The government, they changed their mind after it was found out about, but Biden's White House was planning to give out smoking kits literally, drug smoking, safe smoking kits is what they were calling it. And that includes pipes to smoke. Safe smoking kits. I mean, what else does that mean? Meanwhile, Republicans in the Senate have introduced a bill that would prohibit the distribution of crack pipes. I, I kid you not. They're calling this the CRACK Act. CRACK, C-R-A-C-K. It stands for Cutting Off Rampant Access to Crack Kits. <laughs> I mean, Marco Rubio and some other Republicans have introduced the CRACK Act, C-R-A-C-K. Cutting Off Rampant Access to Crack Kits, C-R-A-C-K. And this would... Prohibit the funding and distribution by the government of drug paraphernalia, including crack pipes, after the White House pushed to distribute safe smoking kits. So it would prohibit funds from being used to procure, supply or distribute pipes, cylindrical objects or other drug equipment. I mean, did you ever think we'd see the day? I mean, what has become of this country where the White House was planning to give out safe smoking kits and now you need Republican? And that, that's a true story. And now you need Republicans to, to actually introduce legislation that would prohibit government funds from being used to supply or distribute pipes, cylindrical objects, or other drug equipment. I mean, I feel like we're living in a bizarro like alternative universe here. All right, so Hillary Clinton spied on Trump. We now know more details than ever before. John Durham. John Durham, I feel like he's been investigating this thing for like 17 years. He's a special counsel, so there's nothing they can do about it. But it's been forever. And like just when you give up on the man and think it's not going anywhere, he comes out with another bombshell. So we're happy about that. Lawyers for the Clinton campaign. Hillary Clinton's lawyers back in 2016, 2017 paid a this is according to a court filing by John Durham, paid a technology company to infiltrate Internet servers in Trump. Tower. Internet servers, in Trump, they were wiretapping Trump They were and Trump Tower, and they were spying. They were tapping into the internet servers. They paid a contractor that was working on Trump's internet servers to tap in and to mine data and to gather information because they wanted to establish a narrative linking Trump to Russia, which is exactly what they did, and then they caused a two-year Russia hoax. I mean, think, this is like, Wall Street Journal said it best. If you pitch this to Netflix, if you told them, and we'll get to all the details here about Spygate. We've been laying this out for you for years. I'm sure you're not surprised at this point. But I mean, the details are just chilling when you have Hillary Clinton, the biggest political scandal in history by far, makes Watergate, like I said, look like a bunch of pickpocketers. And one campaign, the Democrat Hillary Clinton campaign, spying on another campaign and then creating this this fake narrative, this Russia hoax and a whole special counsel and just totally, totally destroying and discrediting and delegitimizing the Trump presidency. And, you know, the media for years and years told us all these fake stories about the Trump-Russia hoax and Russia collusion. And the whole thing was made up and it was made up by Hillary. And like if you pitch this to Netflix and said, hey, I have a great idea for a movie, for a Netflix movie. What's the idea? Well, the idea is that you have one political campaign, presidential campaign, tapping into the wires, this Internet servers of another campaign – and spying and creating a fake dossier and spying on the other campaign and then feeding it to the FBI and then it creates a, a, a false collusion narrative and then it creates a special counsel and then the guy gets impeached and the whole thing is made up by the by the by the one campaign that spied on the other one. That's a terrible. They would laugh you out of the room if you if you pitched this idea as a book or a movie. They would laugh you out of the room. That's how insane this whole this whole story is. That that's how that's how. It, it, totally totally beyond fathom beyond comprehension this story is and yet it's a fact yet it's a true story so it's a court filing by John Durham they they spied on Trump tower they spied at the white house it's literally espionage and as I said, the media is is ignoring – the media is totally ignoring this story except if they're making fun of Fox News for reporting this story, making fun of Republicans for buying into the story. The media, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, all the others, they are just – CBS, ABC, The New York Times, the po- they are just ignoring it. It's like this story is meaningless to them. I mean it, it, this, this blows Watergate out of the water. No – I wasn't trying to do that there with the water and the water. No pun intended as they say but like – as one Republican said, it makes it makes Watergate look like child's play. And like they were all over Watergate because it was a Republican and Nixon. So here, let me read you some uh, – let me get, go through some details over here. The Steele dossier was funded by Hillary's campaign. It was completely fake. It was a fake dossier that was made up um, to try to link Trump to the Russians. Uh, and then they fed that to the FBI who got a FISA warrant. Based on it, Andrew McCabe McCabe said that without the Steele dossier, there would be no FISA warrant to spy on Carter Page. They spied on Trump. Then Bob Mueller was appointed, based on again this phony Russia narrative. There was a two-year Russia hoax. The media slandered Trump every day. It was on the front pages. All these bogus stories about Trump colluding with Russia. Don Jr. meeting with a lawyer. All those things Mueller found that there was zero collusion. All those stories were they were completely, completely justifiable. There was nothing wrong and then Trump was impeached and it all came from Hillary's campaign and the fake dossier and now we found out find out that Hillary paid a contractor to wiretap Trump's internet servers in Trump Tower and even in the White House literally as Michael Goodwin said this is the dirtiest trick in political history the biggest political scandal in American history the media is just shrugging it off unbelievable all right so Elon Musk Elon Musk actually donated a huge amount of money to charity. Elon Musk gave billions in Tesla stock to charity, literally $5.7 billion. He did some kind of tax filing or whatever, and uh, it's been revealed that Elon Musk gave $5.7 billion in Tesla stock, worth of Tesla stock, to charity last year in 2021. I mean, so think about this. Elon Musk, the evil billionaire, right? Right. Elizabeth Warren cannot stand Elon Musk. Democrats, Bernie Sanders cannot stand Elon Musk. Democrats despise Elon Musk, the billionaire, the evil billionaire. He's worth more, I think, than anybody else on the planet. And the man gave $5.7 billion to charity, but they despise it. I mean, you know, Democrats like Bernie and Biden and Elizabeth Warren – who despise Musk, they're only generous with our money. They love giving away other people's money. But then this guy, Elon Musk, and again, something that's going to be ignored by the media. Remember Trump, he always gave away his salary as president. Every every He got paid like four times a year, what, what, like $400,000 each, $600,000, whatever the total uh, uh, amount of his yearly salary was. Um, and, and he gave every quarter, every time Trump got a paycheck as president— he gave it to charity, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you say, well, he's a billionaire. He's got plenty of money. I I don't care. It's, It, it still definitely deserves recognition. Trust me, if Biden gave his entire uh, salary as president to charity or Obama or Clinton, oh, it would be scattered all over the media. All right, the Ukraine mess. I just want to make the point, which, by the way, it may be overblown by Biden and the media. You know, there are reports now Ukraine is saying, hey, let's not exaggerate here. There is no imminent threat from Russia. Russia saying there is no imminent threat. Obviously, Russia's credibility is limited. But it seems, and look, there are troops that have been building up um, Russian troops on the Ukraine border. We know that. Vladimir Putin definitely trying to put on a show and definitely trying to frighten everybody and definitely trying to show off his power. But the question now is, is Biden really, Is this thing been totally overblown by the Biden White House? And maybe Biden... Maybe he's looking for a win, so maybe he's trying to like make it. And I do and you know, I don't mean Biden, but whoever's really controlling the White House, maybe they're trying to kind of drum up a narrative that oh, it's, it's imminent, it's imminent. They're gonna, you know, Jake Sullivan, they're gonna, uh, they're gonna invade Ukraine any day now, and they're just trying to do it because then if it doesn't happen, then Biden's gonna take credit, as though somehow Biden's threats were were the thing that simmered down Vladimir Putin, which like is totally, totally. Beyond, you know, there's no way. to, I, I don't believe that for a second. But, but maybe. Uh, again, I'm not putting anything past Putin. I'm not saying that Putin would not invade Ukraine because I certainly, you know, you can't assume anything when it comes to Putin. He's unhinged. He'll do whatever is best for Putin and for Russia, and for you know his own uh, his own popularity to surge and for his own power to to, to increase his power. But the, here's the real point: is that it's all Biden's fault if Putin does you know, uh, invade Ukraine or even just the threat or even the threat. You've got Kim Jong-un threatening once again. You've got China threatening to invade Taiwan. So all it's all Biden's fault because, again, quoting uh, Michael Goodwin of the New York Post, Biden has been so weak and so cowardly and so timid that's actually bringing us to the brink of war. Here's the thing is, uh, Michael Goodwin said it, said it very well. He said that, if you're so, if you if you're so desperate for peace, you you're literally chasing peace because you're so so desperate to have peace at all costs, then you're inviting war because what you want then you're powerless. Then you're basically saying, "Listen, I refuse to fight back, I refuse to be strong, I refuse to earn the respect of people like President G or Vladimir Putin. You're basically a doormat. You Biden is a doormat to Vladimir Putin and to President G because they know that he's too weak and too pitiful to respond and and look at Afghanistan. And um, so they're allowing Russia and China to play us like a fiddle to test Biden. Uh, It's like it's like amazing. I mean, Russia and China know that Biden, he would like attack Mar-a-Lago before he would attack China or Russia. And Goodwin made the point that Biden actually he was quoting somebody else. Biden closed down Two embassies in 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 one year, less than a year, Biden closed down two U.S. embassies and evacuated two U.S. embassies. You talk and cut and run, and just evacuated and fled and ran out of there. You know, ran like the wind, right? Uh, the Afghanistan, the U.S. Em- embassy in Afghanistan, and now the embassy in Ukraine, which has been evacuated. So what is Biden saying? He's saying, if you attack us, we're going to run like the wind. And look, I understand he's got to protect American lives. But that's quite pathetic to close down two very large, you know, you it's a large U.S. presence in both of those places. You you, you know, and, and basically that weakness, you're inviting aggression. All right, we have stunning new details from Iran in terms of how deeply the Mossad has infiltrated the Iranian regime and the IRGC, the Quds Force, the, the Revolutionary Guards. And this is stunning. This is literally stunning, startling, astonishing details. You know, we've known that the Mossad has got to be deeply, deeply embedded in Iran. You know, based on all the attacks on the nuclear facilities, and based on those incredible files and documents uh, about uh, Iran's secret nuclear program and the assassinations on the scientists. But like, we there, there is now new information that has been revealed, and it seems the Mossad has infiltrated the Iranian regime on every level way more deeply than we ever imagined. And it seems a lot of their – how did they get these Iranians and these nuclear scientists and these commanders – how did the Mossad get them to work for Israel? Well, it seems at least part of the story is that they blackmail them, that they gather information about these people, uh, very damaging information, and then they blackmail them and say, listen, if you don't want us to expose the information, then you better work for us. So listen to this. A former intelligence officer for the Quds Force told the BBC, the IRGC Quds Force told the BBC, which is basically the Iranian terrorist force, told the BBC that foreign agencies have gathered evidence against a number of Iranian ambassadors and IRGC commanders. Well, who could that be? Which foreign agencies do you think have gathered evidence against Iranian leaders and IRGC commanders? Well, he said the information could be used, well, I have my guess, the information could be used to blackmail officials and basically force them to cooperate with foreign spies. And obviously we're talking about the Mossad. So remember, the Mossad got a ton of information about the secret nuclear program. Remember back in January 2018, right? In the dead of night, this is just chilling, a dozen men broke into a storage facility near Tehran. Okay, that facility had 32 safes. But they didn't open all the safes. They knew what was in there because they knew which ones contained the most valuable information. In, in less than seven hours, the men melted the locks of 27 safes, took half a ton of clandestine nuclear files, nuclear archives, and then left without a trace. It was one of the most audacious heists in Iranian history. But the Iranians, of course, did not say a word about it. So they again, they broke in dead at night, 12 men, break into a storage facility. And melt the locks off of 27 safes and steal half a dozen of clandestine nuclear archives. It's just like it's like out of a spy novel. Then three months later, remember those documents suddenly show up. Where they show up in Israel, and Benjamin Netanyahu uh, held a press conference and he stunned the world. He exposed these thousands and thousands of nuclear secret nuclear files. That that were taken from Iran by the Mossad, Netanyahu exposed it in this incredible, breathtaking press conference. We actually covered that press conference right here on this show, and it was just, it was stunning. And um, Netanyahu said it came from a Mossad operation. The Iranians said the documents were fabricated, and they just, you know, pooh-poohed it and dismissed it. But we all know that it was accurate. And at the news conference back in April of 2018, Netanyahu. Remember who he specifically mentioned. Remember who he mentioned by name. Who he singled out. He said Mosan, Mosen, Remember what he said. He said that. Remember that name. That was a quote from Netanyahu. Remember that name, Doctor Mosen Fakrizade, who was of course the leader of the Iranian nuclear program. He was the scientist, the nuclear scientist, the leader, and he was assassinated. He, he so Netanyahu specifically highlighted Fakrizade's role in this secret nuclear program, and, and Netanyahu said, remember that name. And then what happened two years later, Fakhrizada was assassinated in that incredible assassination, assassinated basically by a robot, by a, by a truck that was automated, that was run by remote control. The rifle was shot by remote control. In November of 2020, a convoy carrying Mohsen Fakhrizada um, came under fire. He was killed with an AI remote control machine gun. It was They used artificial intelligence AI. There was nobody in The truck. And then I think they blew up the truck. So listen to this. Carrying out that assassination in surgical fashion against the moving target without civilian casualties, that requires real-time intelligence on the ground. You can't just do that without having a lot of advanced knowledge. They have to have real-time intelligence on the ground, intel, in order to be able to carry that out. No civilian casualties. Just an incredible, incredible assassination. I mean, those things like – you wouldn't think those – moving target – you wouldn't think that kind of thing could possibly even happen in real life just out of the movies – after that assassination, Iranian Intelligence Minister Mahmoud Alavi said that he had warned the security forces that there was a plot targeting Fakhrizadeh at that location. So they, they're, they're actually saying, the Iranians say that they knew about it, but they say that the man who planned the killing was a member of the armed forces. So essentially, what they're saying is that the IRGC was involved in the murder of Fakhrizada. That's what Iran, Iran's own intel intelligence minister is saying. Think about that. It's, it's spine chilling. It's spine tingling. And Alavi said that the person who planned the killing, as I said, a member of the armed forces, and uh, he implied the perpetrator was a member of the IRGC, which would mean the agent would have to be so high up in the IRGC, he would have been able to brush off that warning. They warned, according to this report, they actually warned Fakhrizada's people he's going to get assassinated, and yet... It was totally ignored, and um, Fakhrizadeh is also known to have been a member of the IRGC. So essentially, Mossad has likely compromised dozens of Iranian members of the Kudz Force, Iranian leaders, and even possibly Iranian scientists. I mean, it is just epic, and only Israel could pull it off. And they're pretty much controlling just so much of the of the Iranian regime, and specifically the Iranian nuclear program, and just doing whatever they want. It's 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 really really just fascinating. Another historic meeting between the Israelis and the Arabs. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett became the first Israeli prime minister to visit Bahrain. Again, let's thank President Trump. Let's thank Jared Kushner. Let's thank Avi Berkowitz. By the way, Kushner and Berkowitz have been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Yet another, you know, scenario here where Jews are nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. There's like a there's like a ridiculous proportion. Like you, when you compare. The proportion of Jews who have won Nobel Peace Prizes, like compared to the actual, the actual proportion of Jews uh, in the population as a whole, there's like a huge, huge number of uh, of Jews who have won a Nobel Peace Prize that, like, way, way, way is way beyond what what should happen just based on the statistics. But anyway, um, so Bennett, Naftali Bennett, went to Bahrain and they had a meeting and they discussed strengthening a regional coalition against Iran. So basically you have a bunch of Arab countries and Israel working on it, creating a coalition that would specifically target Iran. Did you ever think you'd see the day? And thank you, Obama, for making Iran have so much nuclear capability that Obama basically you know uh, brought I- Israel together with a bunch of Arab countries with uh, you know, Bahrain and, and the Emirates. And uh, and even the Saudis, because they're all literally cooperating with Israel, desperately need, in need of Israel, and they're all working together to combat Iran. So you can kind of thank Obama for that in a very bizarre, twisted kind of way. And meanwhile, there's been a shadow war between Israel and Iran. There's been back-and-forth attacks on commercial vessels at, at sea, and that's become increasingly public, so we're going to keep an eye on that. And finally, the Sarah Palin lawsuit. This is so egregious. We told you about Sarah Palin. She filed this lawsuit against the New York Times because the New York Times basically insinuated that Sarah Palin um was the reason that Gabby Gifford's was shot and uh that Sarah Palin somehow like inspired and incited the uh the man who tried to assassinate Congresswoman Gabby Gifford's and uh and that was that was completely false and it was it was completely completely uh, not true. This this insinuation by the New York Times, and it was extremely unfair and uh, disgraceful that they would that they would treat Sarah Palin that way. Anyway, so she sued the New York Times, and but then she had they had to prove malice. They had to prove not just enough in the United States um, legal system in order to sue for defamation. It's not just enough to prove that something wrong was said and something false was 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 alleged. They you actually have to prove that the intent. Was there to harm Sarah Palin's reputation? I have no doubt the intent was there. I have no doubt the New York Times intended to hurt Sarah Palin and uh, you know to insinuate that 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 Republicans, these evil, vicious Republicans, are the ones who incite violence uh, and you know and the ones who inspire these these attacks. But uh, either way, here's what happened. What happened was you know this could have really been. Devastating to the mainstream media because they do this kind of thing so often where they report fake news trying to hurt Republicans, and this could have set a precedent that, uh, you know, could have been devastating to so many people in the mainstream media. And what happened? Well, it was a jury trial, but then the judge tossed out the case while the jury's deliberating. Think about this the jury's in the process of deliberating, it's a jury case, let it let them decide, right? And while that's going on. The judge announces, "Wait a second! I'm throwing out the case." It went to the jury. He didn't say this before he tossed it, but uh, he didn't. You know, this before it went to the jury, he didn't toss the case out. But then it goes to the jury, and then the judge says, "Oh, by the way, I'm actually tossing out the case, but we'll let the jury finish deliberating, just in case there's an appeal." But this case is dismissed. He dismissed the case. Well, why? Because he says they didn't prove malice. He says the Palin, um, the 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 Palin legal team did not prove malice on the part of the New York Times. Well, wait a second. Isn't that for the jury to decide? And it's egregious. And I said right away, I said, oh, boy, I'm going to look this up. And I already know this judge was either appointed by Obama or Clinton. And sure enough, this judge was appointed by Clinton. So you, here you have a leftist judge. And the judge realized, wait a second, this, they, the, Palin might actually win. The New York Times might actually lose. This could be a disaster. So here you have this leftist judge appointed by Clinton who says, you know what, we're just going to dismiss this case. And forget the jury. Uh, hello. It's the, the jury supposed to be the ones who make this decision. I mean, that's the whole point of the trial is that it should be trial by jury. So how dare the judge do this? Hopefully, Sarah Palin appeals and hopefully she has a very strong case on this appeal, because here's what happened. You say to yourself, well, then the jury deliberated and then the jury actually um, ruled, not that it mattered, but they ruled in favor of The New York Times because the judge said that the jury should rule. They ruled in favor of The Times. Well, wait a second. The jury knew, the The judge did not announce to the jury that he was dismissing the case, but like they were not a sequestered jury. So what do you think happened? The judge announced that he was dismissing the case. It was all over the news. We all knew, millions of people, the whole country knew that it was dismissed and the jury went home that night while they were in the middle of deliberations. And you know that they read and heard that the case was dismissed by the judge. So of course they were going to rule then in favor. So the judge completely, completely um, lined up the case to, in favor of the times this Clinton appointed a judge and against Palin and took it out of the hands of the jury. But basically, wink, wink, told the jury, oh, by the way, here's how you should rule. It's totally outrageous. Hopefully there's an appeal that's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.